Listening to the One Room with a View show with Christopher Preston and Dan Orton. Hello and welcome to the One Room with a View show with me, Christopher Preston, and the Bubba Yeager of SoundCloud slash iTunes. It's Mr. Daniel Orton. Other audio platforms are available. <laughs> Talking of other audio platforms being available, <laughs> what's coming up on our show today, Dan? I'm glad you asked, Christopher. Yes, so today, if the Bubba Yeager reference wasn't a hint enough... Detective um, Pikachu is... We, <laughs> that's a great film. I, I still haven't seen it. Ago. It's, it's really, you know, it's very entertaining. We're going to be doing some films old this month. Um, and the film, some films old are John Wick... Well, which is retroactively is John Wick Chapter 1, but when it came out in 2014, John Wick... John Wick 2, mm. and now John Wick 3, Parabellum, yeah. um, which apparently means... Prepare for war. Prepare for war, yeah. yes, which is what we say every time we start recording a <laughs> podcast. Well, we actually today, we should very briefly put a caveat. We apologise that the audio is probably not as clean today. We've had some technical issues, but at least the podcast should still come out. So after some film old... Some films old, sorry, and some film new. <laughs> what else have we got coming <laughs> yeah, up? If this? we can get through we can that, get through this. what else is coming up? Um, I'm pleased to say that Dad's Describing Films is back. Yes. Um, another great addition from my father. Uh, in this, May, the month of his birth, mm. he's, I don't know, 58 or something now. Yeah. Doesn't look a day over 60. He's done well. He's done well. It takes me back to when we had him on for his birthday all those years ago, back yeah. on, the, on the radio yeah. days. Which is something I've discovered is a is a point of uh, contention within the family. My, I oh, saw my brother the other week, um, and he apparently listens to the podcast. This has got nothing he, to do with the Jeremy Kyle show cancellation, has it? No. <laughs> okay. Good. <laughs> Sorry, I was just filling in blanks there, but yeah, go on. My brother is a, is an occasional listener, and he was insulted to find out that we didn't talk about him or invite him on for the Avengers podcast last okay. month, which he which I saw with him. Um, and uh, yeah, he was. I said, "Well, I didn't think you. You know, why would we have you on?" He said, "Well, you had Dad on." Mm. Years okay. Ago. Well, I'll tell you what. I'm thinking of the number fifty-three. If he can tell you this in the next time you see him, we'll invite him on because <laughs> I want to check. You said occasional listener. Occasional listener. Yeah. yeah. Well, we only yeah. have occasional guests, so we'll see how that goes. <laughs> And um, I think there's one last thing that we're doing as well, Dan, isn't it? You are putting something on the shelf. The shelf has been somewhat neglected over the last few months. We, yeah. haven't, we haven't really put anything on there. We haven't added anything to, to the collection of classic I'm scared about its movies. integrity is all I'm saying, Dan. You put something Dan, on well, there. Yeah. And the old <laughs> yeah, thing comes down. Come yeah. <laughs> and all of a sudden you've lost 100 grand off the uh, price of the flat. Much so. like our brand. Shall um, we crack on? Let's. <clears throat> old some film new mm. if it wasn't obvious that was recorded live just now <laughs> yeah <laughs> by only the you're best. really struggling with the idea of plural yeah films I, old. I, it's more i keep going to pluralize the olds rather than the films <laughs> yes. yeah anyway we've got there. some films old some film new as i said at the beginning of the show is john wick's chapter one and two and now john wick is it chapter, chapter three, three parabellum, parabellum. Right, so it's, it's, which, for, which for me is awkward and i don't really like this like i don't mind if you want to it for me it's exactly the same as like what disney's done with the star wars you know yeah. in official merchandise and marketing they're not calling them episode seven eight and nine they're saying star wars colon force awakens star wars the last jedi right. star wars rise of sky uh, rise of the skywalker whatever it's called yes, yeah 
a continuity, right? If you're going to start putting subtitles and things, do it as of chapter two. Don't start adding it on the third one. Yeah, no, I completely agree. But that's another... So that's, one that's Bob. Great, <laughs> <laughs> completely ruined the film. For one me. Bob. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right, okay. Let, that's justified, I really do. Um, we so should, now we're moving on to the next feature. Should we do plots? Yes. Do we do one so, and three and you do two? Uh, or how do you want to do this? You I, Like ping pong or what? Yeah, you do one. Okay, one. I'll do two, and then you do three. Well, chapter one, I think, works... I mean, I'm kind of reviewing it, I suppose, and giving you the synopsis, but it works because it's so low-budget and small. Everything is tiny. So we are introduced to this almost mythical hitman, John Wick, played by almost mythical Keanu Reeves. (laughs) And uh, he... In the, in the opening stages of the film, we, we realise that this is a man who has recently been bereaved. He's lost his wife, which I suppose is all the more poignant when we know the tragedy of, like, real-life tragedy yeah, of Keanu yeah, Reeves. Yeah, yeah. But he's gone through this, uh, this, this very poignant moment where he's lost his wife um, to what one presumes is, is an illness of some kind. It's never actually, I think, explicitly mentioned, but we get enough in terms of these small, um, scant flashbacks. Yeah. And to help the grieving process along, her final gift to him is a small puppy. Now, John has tried, it kind of comes out that he's had this horrendous and gritty life as a master assassin, but she was his redemption. And in losing her, he's trying to become a better man, but he accidentally meets Theon Greyjoy in a, in a petrol station who lusts after his car. Turns out that Theon is, uh, is the son of a, of a ruthless um, mobster. Mm. They uh, asked to buy his car. John says no. They drive to to steal his car and in doing so murder his puppy and unleash John Wick's alter ego, the Bubba Yeager, and and mayhem and hilarity ensues. That's that's really Yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah, yeah that's the story. He seeks revenge, doesn't he? And it's a classic ode to these incredibly violent punch 'em, shoot 'em, knife 'em ups, um, with with the twist of it being a revenge thriller. Mm. Strung up on the, the Thinnest of plots. Yeah, it really is. And the thinnest of characters yeah, as well. Yeah. It really is. Do you want to watch? It, it, it's not that long. I think it's only about an hour and a half, an hour and 40. And it's just as much destruction as that they can put in that movie as yeah. that budget and time will allow. Chapter two picks up four days after the events of chapter one. Yeah. He's coming. He hasn't, you know, he's, he, he hasn't got his car yet. So no. we, we pick, pick up with him finally uh, getting his car back. From the old um, Leguizamo, isn't it? <laughs> Well, John Leguizamo is like his his uh, his little garage, yeah, like, yeah. his uh, mechanic. Yeah. But he he has to go to the previous mobster's brother, played by Peter Stormare. Yeah, of course, back, yeah, uh, to to get back his car. Um, Baba Yaga. Pretty much, much totaling it in the process, but that I that that's that's neither here nor here. You know, he gets his car back. He thinks you know he's got a new dog. He's enjoying retirement mm. as any you know old assassin would. Then, of course. He gets dragged back into the world of, of the, the shady world of assassins and killers, um, tasked with an almost impossible job. As he is in off, every movie. Which sets off another chain of, uh, of events. Consequences, consequences, yeah, which is the key um, theme of, of chapter three, consequences. So yeah, and as with the first one, all hell breaks loose and he has to kill a lot. There's a lot of big action sets and, and again, just the, the very loosest mm. of of. A veneer of plot. Yeah, such as it is. Set piece after set piece of Keanu Reeves in different locations. Same suit. Killing a lot of people. Always the same suit. Always the same suit. But I think they're very knowing films. I think they kind of embrace their their sort of 
know. Well, chapter three is the wackiest by far. <laughs> chapter three is the wackiest and the, mo- and the most over the top. So again, set moments after um, the denouement of, of chapter two. And it seems that every man and his dog is now after this particular man and his dog. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, and so again, I mean, the, the loosest of plots, but um, John Wick becomes excommunicado at the end of chapter two. And this is him, again, fighting the shadowy forces that be. Yes. I think it's probably time for us to just jump into discussion, Dan, isn't it? Yeah, let's, because it's good. I mean, the first thing you've really got to understand about the, these three films and these three films so far we're doing this as a trilogy but the third one very the last moment set definitely up set for up for another film yeah um, which will uh, set up another film which will set up another film because they make money yeah they're popular so what you have to understand about these films and actually this is one of my favourite um, aspects of these movies is the mythology of them this this world of assass- this assassin's guild mm. Um, this world of rules and and uh, code words and 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 and, and coins and, and and contacts and 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 blood debts and so on. I lo- I think it's hilarious. I mean, it, it, it's there's one thing about having it's a little bit cheesy in that front. Yeah, you know, there's you know the, it's like, they're all it's, they're merc- you know they're merciless killers, but they have a code of conduct and uh, none, none uh, more so than this idea of the <laughs> the the Continental Hotel. Run by uh, Ian McShane. He's just brilliant. Always brilliant. Um, I also love... Velvety voice. I also... And no one says excommunicado better (laughs) than Ian McShane. Like, I'd love to have been a fly on the wall in the script meeting for, like, the final ten minutes of of chapter two. Yeah. Because he says excommunicado more than any man has ever needed (laughs) to say that. It's it's a tricky word. John Wick is excommunicado. (laughs) Somewhere between, like, a Portuguese gangster and a British gentleman. Yeah, Yeah, he's great. He and he runs. He's the manager of the Continental Hotel, which is a hotel for assassins. They to, come here to stock up, to, to, to stock rest. up, to rest. And, and you can't kill anyone on the Continental. It's a Hotel. sanctuary, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. And this is like one of the golden rules of of this assassins' guild. Once you're in those four walls, yeah. you can't kill another. You can't kill anyone. It's not yeah. allowed. Um, and we see in the first film the consequences of someone breaking those rules. And then, of course, spoilers. John we're we're going to spoil all these films, by the way. John Wick breaks the cardinal rule uh, to sort of think, you know, in, in his in a moment of desperate madness to hopefully bring an end to uh, to his troubles. And he, anger, I think, as yeah, well, isn't it? Just Yeah, he 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 commits this cardinal sin of of shedding blood on the grounds of the Continental. And there's, you know, this wonderful sort of close-up of Ian McShane cuts to him and he's like, what yeah. have you done? Oh, <laughs> it is Jonathan, a wonderful, what you know, have you almost done? a vuncular way yeah. <laughs> he has. And and then yeah, that sets us up for that last ten minutes where where um, which which sets up the the sort of madness of the th- of the third film yeah um, where every, you know as you say every single assassin in the world there's a bounty on John Wick's head but yes I, I mean I just I love so, the mythology the mythology of it's great there's you know there's this kind of uh, central um, office where everyone puts in their contracts yeah. run by all these women in like you know, these old kind of old school well there's an 50s. amalgamation and particularly they pick up on this in chapter three which is it's an amalgamation of like these kind of very 50s mad men style kind of uh, the women and, and everything's on mm. typewriter and these old fashioned 1980s computers yeah but then it also there's people with those kind of like um, the snake bite uh, lip rings and tattoos everywhere and the very goth punky kind of look as well there's 
Um, do you know what I love about it is they don't explain any of it. No, I like the no, fact that you are dropped in, just, in media res. You just got to take it. You're yeah, just like, this is this is how it's done. You know, they, obviously, you kind of pick up on things. You know, the golden uh, little almost like stopwatch thing. You know, where they the blood debt thing yes, that they have, yeah, yeah. and that's obviously we find out that John Wick's one, um, Halle Berry's character has it in chapter three, and they all owe each other blood debt and stuff like that. But they don't at any point stop you with that kind of. Um, snaggy exposition where it's no. like oh by the way this means this this means that I still don't really know what those coins are worth I assume they're like bitcoin I don't really know what yeah, they're no worth idea, but they traded it and they're worth, they're worth something and they're worth but they seemingly they worth so nice much yeah exactly um, they pay for everything for like a dinner to a hotel room and, and that's one I don't know what's the exchange rate <laughs> I don't know. Did they, were they affected by Brexit? <laughs> Will Theresa May affect the Assassin's Guild? Probably. Yeah. There's a I lot think, of things that's chapter four, four isn't it? John Wick chapter four, Brexit. <laughs> it's the European elections. <laughs> uh, I, uh, I, 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 I just imagine like someone like Prescott, people keep asking me if I'm back. <laughs> well, I'm back. <laughs> Driving off in one of his two one jags. Of his several jags. Um, I love that there's a Continental Hotel in, in every country, seemingly. yeah, and, and the, we see the, the uh, Franco Nero runs the one in Rome, and we've got the one um, that we we go to the Casablanca one as well. I kept expecting old Bogey <laughs> yeah. to. Uh, <laughs> I mean, they've got the technology to do that now. That's, that's very disappointing that he doesn't run the Continental. <laughs> I mean, the, the John Wick Casablanca crossover would just be absolutely amazing. Be the start it? of a beautiful friendship. Yeah, John. exactly. I'd love that, honestly. Yeah. Uh, I think that's where John Wick's heading. I, I, and Inevitably. It's, ju- it's just spectacular Inevitably. enough to be able to pull something like that off. I want to see some kind of ridiculous BuzzFeed think piece where someone lists the managers of each continental in every country. Like, yeah. who, would, who would your or, dream Or maybe do like a TripAdvisor or like a kind of a, an Airbnb <laughs> style look at it. It would be wonderful, wouldn't it? Like, what are the amenities? Yeah. Well, the AK-47 wasn't like fully loaded upon arrival. And those bedsheets... <laughs> They were caked in blood. So, so chapter two, and then and then again, chapter three. Sort of, kind of. It's just it, it is. It, it's more of the same, but kind of ratcheted up another level. Goes so up a level, you know. Like in chapter two with the Continental in Rome, you you have uh, Peter Serafinovich turn up as the sommelier, but he's a sommelier of guns and weapons, mm. and and it's this absurd scene where where Keanu Reeves and and Serafinovich are there, and he's like, so what would you like to start with? And he's like, well, you know, I'll have uh, this particular pistol. He's like, and I recommend the Italian vintage. Yeah. And then finally, and you're like, and dessert? Why? We've got all these knives. Yeah. And, uh, all freshly stoned. It's, it's so ridiculous. That- it's sold by the deadpan of, of Keanu Reeves, though. Keanu, he- I mean, one of my favourite moments in the second film is him and Common are having a fight. Common yeah. playing Cassian, this uh, another assassin uh, who, who's out for revenge on, on John Wick. And they're having a fist fight in in the street through the streets of Rome. No music. It's great. It's just sort of like a good two minutes of them grunting and sort of you know throwing punches and falling downstairs. And they smash through these windows. And it turns out they've actually fought all the way back to the continent. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, what are the odds? Yeah. <laughs> and they they pick, and then Franco Nero comes along and says, "Hey, now boys, remember the rules. Yeah. No, no bloodshed here. Come and have a drink." And he's like, "Go and have yeah. a drink at the bar." And then <laughs> Keanu Reeves turns to turns to Common and says. Gin, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I just think it's and the best And then Common just says, bourbon. Yeah. Like and, that, just, yeah. 
I just think it's they're so ridiculous, but I love them. I think that uh, one thing I I mean Keanu Reeves for me are these movies. He's John Wick, and mm. it's funny actually. Flippantly, Dan and I were talking whilst we were trying to sort the technical issues of today out. And Dan said, oh, you know, because of the third one setting up the fourth one. And I said, which will undoubtedly set up the fifth one. Then there'll be a TV series called, like, The Bubba Yeager, which shows the origin. And Dan was like, no, I think that's in active development. Yeah, I, think if, uh, yeah, I was reading But without Keanu Reeves, these movies just wouldn't work, I don't think. And it was really encapsulated in Chapter 3 in one of the opening scenes where uh, John Wick gets to the, the, the library in New York. Mm to go and get his stash and he fights that there's like this seven foot Russian mobster and he breaks his neck on a, on a hard book <laughs> and but beforehand I noticed it's, some, do. Uh, it's something that they've kept continuity wise throughout all three films is that he has this kind of very like deadpan respect for everyone so before when they meet he's like Cassian Ernest <laughs> just says their name beforehand as in like yeah, a little greeting it's all, yeah it's all very polite and proper yeah it's the rules, the rules of the guild. Yeah, so, but Keanu Reeves is going, is going for these movies, the mythology, or, or at least the glib and flippant nature of the mythology. Like, yeah, this is, a, this is a world where seemingly everyone is like Matrix style, that everyone's in on it. Yeah. You're never quite sure who, who is an assassin. That wonderful um, sequence at the end of chapter two where he's running through Central Park and everyone's kind of looking at him out of the side of yeah, their eye. Yeah, And who yeah, is actually yeah, just like looking because... There's homeless guy, there's yeah. a pregnant woman. It's like, and it's like, these are these assassins or are they just looking at this madman who's running along with his dog mm. into the New York night and I really like that and of course we have to talk about the fight scenes they're almost ballet-esque they're very well, and, and, and not surprising for, I mean, so the, the director Chad Stahelski is a former stunt coordinator yeah. and is perhaps most famous for the John Wick films for being the guy that filled in for, for Brandon Lee when he died on, the, on uh, when filming The Crow he, he, he was the body double mm. um, so yeah no surprise that a director with, with that sort of background yeah. is able to bring is able to direct these 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 scenes so fluidly, so effortlessly. They are all yeah, yeah ballet is the right word, mm. I think. And I noticed in each chapter... one and a dance are more impressive than the and last. more macabre, <laughs> yeah. And chapter three is uh, there's a the particular sequence with everything seems to be a lot more kind of close quarters in chapter three, and I think that's mm. the homage to the martial arts style movies. Yeah, you know everything's it seemed a lot more knife based this scene uh, this film, sorry, which made me feel a little bit more queasy. I think there's that wonderful sequence where he's taking on these various martial artists. And they're throwing throwing knives at each other and catching them, and then throwing them back yes. and hoping that one will, will hit. And at the end, when you see this guy and he's he's got like every organ in his torso is punctured, and just at the end, John just throws an axe at him as well for good measure. They, I think you're right to say you said at the beginning of this conversation they're very knowing movies. Mm. A lot of the problems that I've had with action movies with The Rock is that I think that sometimes they take themselves too seriously. Like uh, San Andreas could have been a lot more fun if yeah, it was a yeah, little bit more tongue. Yeah cheek i think john wick movies just keep their tongue mm. the correct the, but dwayne johnson takes himself very seriously i think yeah uh, I, I without think even perhaps realizing there is that whereas, no, the notion of of the deadpan you yeah, know where, yeah wick i think keanu reeves is someone who who people think takes himself very seriously but actually he's a comic streak a, in it yeah yeah and, and, and thank God for, yeah. for a role like this, which we can see it in. I will say this. Let, I, I think we've kind of celebrated these movies. Mm. I really loved Chapter One because it seemingly came out of nowhere. It was just a, a, a thrilling punctuation mark that came yeah. up, a, a pause for breath, and 
in, an incredibly well-made, efficiently made. Chapter 2 ratcheted everything up. The cinematography of Chapter 2 particularly is absolutely spectacular. It was really beautifully made, as well as being incredibly well choreographed. Yeah, and you said that, there's this... That, that the, big, the big set piece at the end, the final fight in the, in the Hall of Mirrors is, mm. is incredible. But all the moment in, the, in Rome as well, yeah. all of that's so gorgeous and sumptuous. For me, I enjoyed Chapter 3 for the most part, but it did get a little bit... I was a little bit wary towards the end of the movie. Yeah, well, this is a, this is a. I guess this is the problem with the any film like this. It you know it it's you do suffer from the the risk of more of the same. Mm. And even if you make each fight uh, sequence, each each set piece more and elegant and impressive, more. and more depth, each death more 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 ridiculous than the last. Yeah. Um, it can you can get a bit of tedium, you know, mm. a bit of uh, a little bit of John Wick fatigue. Yeah, uh, I felt that fatigue start to set in quite early in this movie because we, it picks up quite nicely again. Uh, John Wick is still mid run, yeah. <laughs> Even though it's been a couple of years for us, he's still mid run, and he as he makes his way to the library, and then we have about two or three big fight scenes within the first fifteen minutes, and it isn't until we see Lawrence Fishburne's character, you know, the self professed kind yeah, of king, the Bowery King. The Bowery King, yeah. It's not until his appearance in the film, which is some 15, 20 minutes in, that we get any form of narrative. But then we've got like Angelica Houston turns up as a little kind of Russian ballet come mobster come yeah, sure, matriarch. Sure. Yeah. Well, of course. Don't ask questions. Because the John Wick universe. It's the John Wick universe, a universe in which apparently there are no policemen. No, well, I think the policemen are all... Well, there's those ones in Chapter 1 oh, yeah, where they yeah. come for the noise complaint, but they are all in on it as well. Yeah, I love that he pops up again, Jimmy, I think, in Chapter 2. And yeah. He's like, you work at... Working. Gas, gas leak, was it, John? Yeah. Yeah, gas leak. Yeah, gas leak. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, oh, shit. Everything's so deadpan. But yeah, it, it took a little while for the story to kind of kick in mm. on this one. Mm. You have this sojourn to Casablanca, which... It was a little bit fillery to me. And, and as much as I like the mythology, seeing John Wick wandering around like Moses in the desert for a while, again, beautifully shot, but it did feel a little bit like, come on, we just want to get through this bit now. Yeah. I do feel like perhaps... I, I wish personally that this chapter three would have been an all-out end to the saga. Well, that's what I was expecting. Yeah. Uh, I'm surprised and, and a little sort of disinterested in... In another one, I don't know. You know it, it just I just seems... don't know where else it can go. I mean, spoil, spoilers now, oh, yeah. okay, very quickly. <laughs> so the end of chapter three sets up the chapter four, where it is clearly going to be an all-out war on the people of the table, the high table. So Ian McShane's character double crosses John at the end in order to preserve his position at the Continental um, and get those Airbnb come TripAdvisor stars. <laughs> uh, and so he double crosses. In, a, in an effort to prove fealty to the table, he double-crosses John Wick, and uh, so John Wick is now pissed, all right? So he then, John Wick at the end is dragged through the sewers, and it transpires that the, the King of the Bowery, who was murdered in this movie, actually wasn't murdered. He survived it. He's equally pissed off, and now they're going to do an all-out stand. I don't know. We'll see. I'm sure it will be impressively choreographed. I didn't think the big bad of this movie. Yeah, um, can't yeah. quite remember the actor who. Uh, it, Asia Kate Dillon, who is perhaps best known for appearing in Orange Is the New Black as one of the as one of the. Um... Because Ruby Rose was in the lot in John yeah, yeah, Wick yeah, Two, wasn't it? So <laughs> one of Orange Is the New Black. Yeah, turning up. Um, yeah. 
Because the cast, uh, I mean, I'll talk generally, the casting is excellent in these movies. You yeah. know, there's so many great actors and actresses and, and great characters as well, character actors. I thought they were good as the adjudicator. Yeah. It's an, I mean, it's a very, I mean, again, it just adds it's a difficult role. Of this role. Yeah, it, yeah, and it's a, difficult, it's a difficult role to play. It's a difficult role to play because, as with all things with John Wick, you have, you have to play things with this. You have to try and get that balance between the tongue in cheek and the actual seriousness. Yeah, yeah. And this character, the, the the role of the adjudicator, for me, it didn't quite work. It it, it didn't quite work as, as a character. There was a lot going on. We'll see what happens in chapter four, which will probably be out, I imagine, in a couple of years. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, um, I think it's probably time for Bob's Dan, is it not? Yes, I think so. Have we spoken enough about the other two? Do you think? I think yeah. I mean, I mean, just if you haven't seen any of the John Wick films, I recommend seeing them because yeah. they're so that. They're so daft. I mean, uh, I was thinking when you were talking there about how John Wick sort of came out of nowhere and was a bit, it was, it was a surprise and that was sort of, that worked in its favour. I was reminded very much of when Liam Neeson did Taken. You know, um, that was sort of out of the blue. We kind mm. of got Liam Neeson coming back as this action star and Taken was very much like a very thin plot. A lot of what Just, Liam Neeson does is out of the blue, Dan, isn't it? <laughs> well, I mean, that's not, yeah. <laughs> not his most out of the blue yeah. uh, <laughs> role so far. That is Liam Neeson, <laughs> I think. <laughs> but that same sort of, it was, um, I don't think anyone was expecting a, a film about an assassin called John Wick starring Keanu Reeves, where he re- gets revenge on his, on his wife and his dead dog. was mm. going to be anything other than a complete disaster. And it's set in the backdrop but, of this incredible, <laughs> massive mythology yeah. as well but then uh, John Wick works and it works because it's so daft but but toes the line very well and but as we've taken two and taken three it's like well that worked well so let's kind of you know do a rinse and repeat mm. and just uh, but you know it, it's the law of diminishing returns isn't it somewhat <clears throat> they are to be self-indulgent for a moment, they are Friday night films. Oh, Remember yeah. when we did the radio show, we used to have this feature called uh, Friday Night Films Film of the Week Film Thing, yeah. which was just, if you want a classic Friday night, beer and pizza, sit down, biggest screen possible. Yeah. But you can kind of turn your brain off slightly. Yeah, yeah. John I Wick think does... I've watched both... Uh... At least the first two I've certainly watched on a Friday night. I only watch them on Friday nights, Dan. <laughs> right, let's talk Bob's. Yes. Uh, I have got uh, some slight discrepancies, so should we go chapter by chapter? I think so, yes. So chapter one? Chapter one, I'm going to, just because of the sheer audacity of it, I'm going to give it four Bob. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's just, I, you know, again, it was pleasantly surprised. It is daft. I, 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 I love the world it creates. I love the the John Wick universe. Yeah. Um, so... And, 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 of course, Ian McShane. So, for Bob. Ian McShane, but, of course, Michael Nyquist as well. Yeah, Theon. Yeah, yeah. yeah the, late, Alfie. the late Michael Nyquist. Yeah, the late Theon as well, unfortunately, as well. <laughs> Alfie but, yeah, Alfie Allen. But, yeah. yeah, that on top of the fact that you've got these incredibly, uh, beautifully choreographed fight scenes, the shoot 'em up aspect, Keanu Reeves is, is spectacular. And no one expected this, and certainly no one expected it to be good. So, I agree. For the sheer audacity of it, I'm going to yeah. give it four, Bob. Chapter two. Uh, chapter two, um, I know I said it ratchets everything up and it is again really daft and I love all the, I, I love the expanding mythology and the rules and the things like that, but it's a little bit too long. It is more of the same and this again is going to have a bit of a hit on the third one, but it, um, but still uh, a good, enjoyable, solid Friday night film, three Bob. Yeah, see I'm going to give this one four Bob because I think chapter two for me is the best of the John Wick films. Okay. I like the fact that they 
they really go all in on the mythology mm. to the up and to including the point where it works yeah. they don't overdose on it i like the introduction of Lawrence fishburne's character i like all of the yes. bowery stuff you know it took me a good two minutes into that scene to suddenly realize of course this, this is, is like the matrix yeah exactly yeah <laughs> but do you know what they work it so well that it doesn't feel like a replay of those the, the two characters are so wildly different yeah you know that they play very it, it's it's wonderful the cinematography is at its best in 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 uh, chapter two and you were right to yeah. pick out particularly the the sequence at the end the mm. final act of it but I actually what I think didn't work in chapter 3 which was the whole the, the whole road to um, Casablanca where Bron uh, Jerome, oh yeah yeah, yeah he of course, turns yeah. up another Game of Thrones exactly yeah. alumni but it's that bit didn't work but I thought the part in Rome and all of the brother sister Shakespearean stuff I liked all of that a lot in chapter two yeah. and it's it's licentiously violent pornographically violent but but it works and so chapter two for me is the is the best of the John Wick films is four bob from me all right I'm gonna give the third one three bob as well yeah um but I mean with the caveat that this is a lower three bob than mm. the, the three bob I gave to two so it's starting to um, go down is yeah that's what I mean about this law of diminishing returns I just I, I, I'm hope. I mean let's hope four pulls something out of the hat and the four might be the end would you like I, to see it to I, be the end it probably won't be will it you no know? They said, that they said the fourth would be the last when they made the fourth Pirates film they said that would be the last and they went and made five and yeah oh, well I think John Wick's going to be involved in that as well but yeah <laughs> it, chapter three is, is three bob for me as well mm. is that there are just parts of it where you do I realised that my focus on the fight scenes was beginning to wane I was drifting in and out yeah, of them there's parts. lots of them and they, you know, you, you... I saw it with my dad actually and my dad really disliked the movie he was so, he was he just said uh, he went after the fifth fight what else was there and yeah. you realise that the fifth fight is actually about half an hour into this the movie was too long this movie is over two hours you don't for me you don't need a movie like John Wick to be more than about an hour and 40 an hour and 45 yeah. and I think that's why um, and Stahelski is really showing his hand here. He can do fights and and stunts incredibly well, but yeah. is he a director for for narrative and plot? Mm. Well, so chapter three didn't necessarily prove that. So it's three bob for me, but it still it works as a Friday night film. I certainly didn't. I mean, God, they're I, fun, aren't they? They <laughs> are fun, and that's the thing is they are fun. Even even the way they use subtitles in these movies is fun. <laughs> it's so silly. It's very silly. It's very knowing. And I and I hope that we get some kind of end to this saga rather than the ending petering out. Yeah, that would be nice. I agree. Dad's describing films. This is a Ron Seal feature, isn't it? Very it really much does so. what it says on the tin. <laughs> and this is, as always, my favourite feature. Yeah, I think. My favorite spectacularly game. silly. Uh, I have spoken to my dad and I've asked him to describe three films. Um, if, you're, if it's helpful at all, these three films all appear on the IMDb top 250 list. <laughs> that narrows it down. <laughs> um, and, and yeah, the, the, the aim of the game is very simple. Christopher's going to hear my dad describing these three films. He cannot say the name of the film or any characters in it. But uh, it goes through the sausage maker that is either one of our father's perspective. Yeah. That, I mean, that I think is an important <laughs> thing to say. This is, this is a film through the filter of, my, of John Orton's mind. Yeah. These, are, these are not <laughs> Joe Bloggs seeing these movies. This is Bob Preston and John Orton watching the movies. And, and, what, a, and what a treat it is. So <laughs> you uh, just have to guess. And play along at home. Play along if you can. Um, we're going to hear each film in, in order. Okay. Christopher will hear the, hear the description. Try and guess it. And we'll play the next one. I'll tell you if you're right, and then we'll play the next one. Right, okay. Let's go. This is film number one. 
Brad Pitt. <laughs> Brad Pitt. Okay, we've established Brad Pitt's in it. He's a bit aggressive. He's a bit... <laughs> with like-minded people. <laughs> There's something to do at the weekend. Is that it? Yeah. Brad Pitt, Brad Pitt. <laughs> I assume that's singular rather than his him and his stunt double. Oh, play a bit more. There's a bit more, I think. He's, he... And he's a bit aggressive and he's oh, got something to do at the weekend. Yeah, that's right. it. Yeah. So what's that? I mean, that could be any... That could be his divorce with Angelina Jolie. <laughs> <laughs> Boom, satire. <laughs> yeah. That could be his divorce with Jennifer Aniston. Right, we've done them both now. Brad Pitt, Brad Pitt... Bit aggressive, and he's got something to do at the weekend. I don't know why he said Brad Pitt twice, by the way. I think mm. he was just sort of trying to reassure himself that he... That it was Brad Pitt, it was and Brad it wasn't Pitt. Leo or someone like that. But this is a man who thought Meryl Streep was in Schindler's List. Yeah. So... Yeah. Right, okay. Oh, Dan, it could be anything. But for some reason, the movie Killing Me Softly came up, but I'm not sure if that's necessarily a movie that your dad would have seen. It was, the, I can't remember who directed, it was a few years ago. Do you remember, no, the, do you remember one you the one mean, I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, yeah. I don't think your dad would have seen that movie because I don't think most people saw that movie. I think, I don't think he did particularly well. I'm trying to think, could be, he's, he, I mean, he's full of wrath at the end of Seven, famously. But I don't know what, it, I don't think that that was set over a weekend. <laughs> the bank holiday weekend. <laughs> yeah. Can I ask a quick question? Has yes. the weekend got something to, like, is it, is that important? Um... No, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know why he said There's a mildly aggressive Brad Pitt. Oh, Danny. With like-minded people is the Oh, okay, the with clue, like-minded I think, people. I think is the way into this one. Like-minded people's making me think of Ocean, Ocean's Eleven. But he's a bit aggressive. Yeah. Oh, dear. Honestly, it's like it a... It could be it's Troy. A, it's like a cryptic crossword clue. It could be. It, it's like a cryptic, a cryptic crossword clue that someone spilt tea over beforehand. And you're like, you're trying... And also it's been translated from Japanese or something. Uh, it could be anything, Dan. I'm going to go with... I'm going to go with Ocean's Eleven because of the okay. like-minded people. Sure. Um, the answer is, in fact, Fight Club. Fight Club. Why didn't I think of that? That's ridiculous. That kind of works, actually. I'm annoyed yeah. I didn't get that. Yeah. Because it's like-minded it's people, people, aggressive, and, 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 and at the weekend they do kind of hold... hold. Well, yeah, all right, yeah. I'll give him that. I'm, I'm annoyed that I didn't get that one. I'm, I'm disappointed I didn't get that one. All right, John, you bested me. So, um... Okay, you did well there, John. Here comes the next one. Coming at you. Tom Hanks. Playing Tom Hanks. Brilliant. And it's set... 50 odd, 60 odd years ago. And that's most and of Tom Hanks' career. Do something to make something else, somebody else at me. That's every Tom Hanks movie that's ever been made. Like, do you know, the difference between my dad is that my dad comes out with these, these like, Pintar-esque, you know... Mm. Uh, or, yeah, no, I agree. They've and, both and got a very different style. Your of, father uh, is, like, of... very concise to the point of, of, of abruptness. <laughs> So Tom Hanks playing Tom Probably Hanks. my stepmother. Oh dear, Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks. It's fifty or sixty years ago, and he's got to do something else that makes that's basically Tom Hanks's career. Yeah, and I wish I could. You know, sometimes I take out a few bits just to kind of make it more difficult. Yeah. This is all he said about this film. I was going to say, what could you have taken out of this? At fifty or sixty years ago, try, he's got to do something to make someone else happy. He's playing himself. I'll tell you what the movie that's coming to mind, Dan. Yeah. Is Saving Private Ryan. All right. Now. If this is Saving Private Ryan, <laughs> it, uh, <laughs> the reason it's coming to mind is because 50 or 60 years ago, right, presumably that's around the end of World War II, although mm. I think that's more 60 to 70 years ago, perhaps. Yeah, 
70 years ago. So maybe that's not right. When when did... I mean, don't don't bank on my father's... Historical knowledge. Historical, like, calculating well, the years. Do you know what? The weird thing is, it's either this, and imagine this being the choice. This okay. feels like a choice that Meryl Streep had to make, all right? Is, I was going to say it's either Saving Private Ryan or Saving Mr. Banks. I'm going to say it's Saving Private Ryan because presumably what... Tom Hanks is very Tom Hanksy uh, in that movie. It's set, well, more or less when your father's saying, give or take 20 years. <laughs> yeah. And he's doing something for... Because um, Matt Damon's character is the last Ryan, isn't he? The other brothers got killed. Yeah, yeah. So let's go with Saving Private Ryan. You've got it. Oh, You're saving you. Private Ryan. Ridiculous. I can't believe I got that one. That's annoying. That, that's annoyed me as much as me not getting Fight Club, okay? <laughs> right, come on. Let's get chapter three, so Parabellum. John Alton, Parabellum over. <laughs> I'd love to hear him describing the John Wick films. I'd love to see him in it. <laughs> right, chapter three. Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks is back. Ooh. This one's saving Mr. Banks, I imagine. He's in charge of a facility. I already know this one, I think. And it goes over a period of time. It's about three hours long, but it doesn't feel like it when you watch it. His favourite movie. Why is that? It's a very good film. (laughs) Okay, I like the fact that he included... Okay, I'm going to guess this one straight away. It's mm. the Green Mile. Of course. Yeah. yeah now, the re- yeah. reason I love that is because I, ev- nearly every critical conversation I've ever had with your father about film has included the Green Mile. And I love the fact he always brings in that it's a three-hour movie and you wouldn't feel it. <laughs> yeah. I love that <laughs> criticism of that movie. It's like I also love for him, that it? for all that goes on in that movie and all that they cram in, it's, that's it. There's no mention of the John Coffey character. There's no mention of the, the, the magical fantasy element. There's no mention of even things like the urinary infection, the awful macabre deaths, the pr- fact he's a prison facility, death row. None of that. I love the fact that it's so minimalist. So, yeah, um, Dad's describing films. There we go. Another joy. Thanks, John. There it goes up on the shelf. Oh, I've missed that one. I've missed that I've one. Missed I've that. missed this I've feature. Missed it's been a while since we've done this. Uh, don't ask me to try and recall everything we put up there already. I think it's five Got, or six films. Yeah, the, the likes of which I think uh, American Beauty went up there, I believe. Yeah, uh, Jurassic Park. Godfather Pop. Two, maybe, I think, went up there. Uh, yeah, I think you specifically chose part two. Yeah, yeah there's a few that's been up there, you yeah. know. This it's is coming our... together nicely. This is our little personal collection of uh, classic films, films that we love. That would go up on a prestige shelf, yeah. wouldn't it? Yeah. yeah. Um, we'll try and get a more uh, a definitive list at some point to yeah. be able to provide anyone who's missed any episodes with the an update. Still available on SoundCloud and iTunes. Still available, yes. Good Don't be plug, lazy, good go back yourself. Um, so you had something you wanted to put on the shelf. Mm. Um and you've also got a little bit of a hook to go with it, I well, believe. Yeah, I, I, sometimes I feel like when we, we do these things, they become slightly um, masturbatory, don't they? They become like, right, I'm going to talk to you about my favourite film for 10 minutes. And it's probably going to be a film that you know and love too. So what I thought is I would talk to you about a movie that I adore as well as opening up a conversation between the, the pair of us. So without further ado, I'll introduce the movie, which is Back to the Future. And the reason I wanted to talk to you about this today is because whenever I've 
either spoken about films to people or it's just a general conversation, a bit of an icebreaker, or even when I've taught film before, people ask me the same question. I'm sure they ask you, it's the most difficult question in the <laughs> world, what's your favourite movie? Yeah. And I don't have an answer for that, but if I did, it would be Back to the Future. If you really held a gun to my head and said, you must answer this question, it, and I don't know what kind of event that might be, John Wick Chapter 4, <laughs> I imagine, <laughs> but it would be Back to the Future because it's such an enjoyable movie. It It... That everything is going for that movie. There's not a line nor a second spared. Everything goes up towards the payoff at the end. And the time travel works, doesn't the it? The time really? travel the, the works. Whole, uh, time travel films if you, discussed before are uh, a little problematic sometimes. Yeah. But this, and I think if you buy into... Work. Yeah, if you buy... That's the thing about time travel, isn't it? That you have to buy into the rules. And the fact that they set it up so well, mm. there is architecture to the rules. But it isn't... It's not boring with it. It kind of... It just... Jump in the DeLorean and get on with it kind of thing. With Christopher Lloyd explaining the rules, it can't be... Yeah. It can't be dull. Well, exactly. Absolutely. And, And everything is so well cast. The effects work... The stories are wonderful. And it, it's one of those really... I know that a lot of people enjoyed Shazam because they said it was like having a fantasy concept and running with it. Mm. And that's the same with Back to the Future. Of like, what if you could go and see when your parents were young? What were they like? Your parents that spend most of the, the first 25% of your life lecturing you on things that they would never do and you can't do this and you can't do that. Did they do that when they were young? Were they trying yeah. to get away with bits? What yeah. was it like to see your parents young? And it's a, it's a wonderful riff on that. The reason I wanted to talk to you about it as well is because um, it, Back to the Future has come back into the news, Dan, because the, there is a, there's been a long-mooted but now finally revealed Back to the Future musical, which is well. set to, de- to debut in Manchester uh, early next year. No, yeah, early next year, February, I think, of next year. So we'll kind of have a little chat about that as well. But do you love this movie? I, I love this movie. This is a fantastic film. Yeah. Um, and I, but I do know that my, as I mentioned earlier, that I think um, my brother's going to be annoyed. Oh, really? Uh, I think we were talking, about, we were talking off air, weren't we, about um, him not getting a look in at the Avengers, <laughs> the Avengers podcast. Mm. He loves this film. This is one of his favourite, his favourite trilogy, I think. I very rarely speak to anyone that says this movie's like trash. Or that they no. have no feelings on this movie as well. <laughs> this seems to be like one of those real... Either you, you love it or you haven't seen it. Exactly. That's <laughs> the two choices, isn't it? You're yeah. absolutely right. Uh, what do you think of the trilogy as a whole? I think it holds up very well. Yeah. Um, two and three have some problems. Yeah. Overall, as with the John Wick trilogy we've got so far, mm. it, it, they're a good, solid uh, 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 trio of films. Mm. I think Back to the Future is my favourite, though. Is it, the first one? Yeah, the, f- the second two never quite live up to the of sort of the giddy heights of the first one. It, um, they, there is a slight bit of flab in the in two and three, three more so than two. But I, what I do love about two, actually, although that's not going up on the shelf, what I do like about it is that it is a very knowing criticism of the first movie. <laughs> you know, like the 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 beats are so well plotted out, yeah. aren't they? But that's what I love about the first one is that it, it all comes down primarily to the screenplay. And that screenplay is something that should be taught on how to write a screenplay. I said before, there's not one line that's spared. If you haven't seen the movie, I'm kind of annoyed, but I'll give you a quick premise, which is <laughs> Marty McFly, who has this, well, perhaps in 2019, rather unhealthy relationship with the local eccentric, discovers that said eccentric uh, Doc Emmett Brown has 
unlocked time travel. Yeah. But he's decided to repackage the time travel in the form of a, of a 1980s DeLorean. You yeah, know. of course. Of course. And why wouldn't you? Because it's 1985. And, a um, car that was never popular then. No, I mean, it was, it was, and it is the Back to the Future car. Any popularity <laughs> yeah, that that car has now is good. I was in, uh, in Tokyo last year. I think it must have been, or in the year before last, sorry, in 2017. And I actually saw someone owning a DeLorean there with no Back to the Future reference. You know, if you ever see them, they're <laughs> usually like a kind of prop or, a, um, or, or something you can hire because yeah. you're going to do a Back to the Future event. This person just owned a DeLorean. And I thought that, that was, it was weird because mm. that's the Back to the Future. It's like, for me, if you own like a, a Robin Reliant, you're only really going to do that in, surely as some kind of homage to it, Only Fools and Horses. You would never... Some straight down just, the line. Some people are just... <laughs> some people just want to see the world burn down, is what you're saying, aren't you? But anyway, so Martin McFly, through a series of events, yeah. ends up accidentally back on the day that Doc Emmett Brown discovered time travel, you know, theoretically speaking. Yes. But in doing so, accidentally causes a series of events, a, a chain of events, that ultimately... Undo his Undo existence. his very existence, yeah. And so has to kind of fight against time all the while bringing his parents back together to yeah. ensure his conception, which is frankly mind-blowing, and all the while fight, fighting these Oedipal I was going to say, undertones. complicated somewhat by the fact that his... his on paper, this is the worst movie on... <laughs> on paper, this is the worst movie ever made. But in reality... But thank God for that script. Thank God for the script, and thank God for the performances. And, and Back to the Future really does prove that that some movies rely on even the tiniest butterfly wing effect, doesn't it? <laughs> you know, you have got the heady mix of Robert Zemeckis as director, yeah. Alan Silvestri um, composing that incredible theme. Uh, you've got um, uh, Doc, uh, Doc Emmett Brown is played by Christopher Lloyd. Martin McFly replaced last minute by Michael J. Fox. Yeah. He was never supposed to play that role. And then everyone else in all of the supporting roles as well. It's spectacular, and it really is. It's a movie for the ages. I love you this can, movie. You can stick it on. I think anytime. Friday, Friday night, yeah. Thursday night, Fr- Friday, night. Friday through Thursday. Yeah, Whenever you, you want to watch it. it. it and yeah. why I love and with anyone with every, with anyone. And there's something for everyone. There's not. There's nothing too much in there. It, it, what I like about this movie a lot is that it's so rewatchable. And I think that when we talked about movies before, what makes a five bob movie is movies that linger with us. Yeah. And I can't remember the first time I actually watched Back to the Future, and I can't remember how many times I've seen it. But it must be it must be close to a hundred. Um, I've probably watched this movie maybe more than any other movie, and I've seen it in cinemas. I've seen it on DVD. I've watched it on my phone, <laughs> and I can I could watch this movie every day and not not get bored of it, mm. uh, which for me is is what really puts it up on the shelf. Will you be seeing the musical? Well, this is something I want to talk to you about. Do, do we need this musical? Like, what's going on there? I, I don't think this is a, a movie that really lends itself to a musical. It's weird that Only Fools and Horses is becoming a... I know a, I know a, a Japanese fella the producers are going to be talking to about <laughs> getting a DeLorean. Can perfect DeLorean, please? Uh, the, thing, the thing that annoyed me, and it's weird, as I said, that Only Fools and Horses has become a comparative point to this, but the Only Fools and Horses musical was launched in February of this year, and I actually yeah. did go and see it, and hated, yeah, hated yeah, every moment saying, of yeah. it. Hated every moment of it. And I think that if I was to go and see this musical, I would hate it probably as much because it's the same, same, but different. Mm. You know, it's, it's, it's ostensibly going to be exactly the same story that you've seen played out on stage rather than screen. Yeah. With actors that you, with, with, with actors, actors, you have no idea who they are uh, playing like iconic roles played by iconic actors, but added probably with superfluous music. 
Yeah. I think that what they'll really go all out on is Johnny Be Good at the end. You know. Oh yeah, definitely. In the same way that if you've ever seen We Will Rock You, uh, there's about there's a point. Have you seen the musical We Will I Rock You? I have not. No. There's a point in it. Like so, if <laughs> well, I hated We Will Rock You as much <laughs> as I hated Bohemian Rhapsody. All right, and I love Queen. But the truth is, is that there's this really high concept where it's a little bit like a, so it's a bit like a stage adaptation of Footloose, Dan. So like it's Good. set in a, <laughs> it's set in a dystopian future where rock music has been outlawed. Mm. So these rebels call themselves like Bruce Springsteen, Elvis Presley and things like that. And the greatest one was Freddie Mercury. And through the, the memory of Freddie Mercury, they're going to overthrow the powers that be. Sure, sure. But about two hours into this two and a half hour musical, they're like, do you know what? We're sick of this story. And the bloke, a bloke just does a Freddie Mercury impression for the last kind of half an hour, 20, 20 minutes, half an hour. And everyone loves that musical because they walk out having seen loads of Queen songs. Yeah. And I think that that's what they'll do with this musical is that you'll have Earth Angel, Johnny Be Good, all of the stuff from the, mm. from the prom at the end. And they'll do that alongside and as you walk out you'll remember this nostalgia you've got for the movie i think it's unneeded personally and i certainly won't be making the trip up north (laughs) john snow-esque to go and see this musical as the saying goes never meet your heroes and never see a musical of a film you previously loved (laughs) okay housekeeping we don't have a jingle for that no, never have, never will. But I think the musical that is currently in production will, Dan, which is what <laughs> the one room of the view show musical. We're, yeah, we're in talks. Yeah, uh, with, with the, the Japanese with, bloke. <laughs> to, to produce a, a limited run. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the one room of the view show. Coming to Manchester. <laughs> For one night only. Right, brilliant. Uh, well, this yeah. is the part of the show where we clear up. You yeah. Know, we make sure that said shelves are, are back on the wall. Yeah. The debris so, is... So first things first, if you hated our review or opinions of the John Wick films, I believe all three have been reviewed on uh, our companion blog, yeah. One Room Review. So go and check com. out what... Dot com, thank you. Go check out what the uh, the various writers of those uh, reviews thought of those films. Yeah, and everything is being reviewed at the moment. So everything that is currently out that isn't Avengers Endgame, which seems to be, I wouldn't say winding up business, but starting to relax a little, isn't it? More and more things are coming mm. out. You said about Detective Pikachu is currently out. Yes. Wick is out. Eighth Grade is still around in cinemas. We reviewed is that last month. It's still around. It's still around in very Good. few, you know, these <laughs> perhaps like little <laughs> tiny, you've low. got to hunt high and low, but do go and see it, please. Uh, but various bits and pieces are out there, all being reviewed on the site. But the big news for the site, Dan, is yes. that can is with us you know and Mr Tom Bond has jetted out I believe I think it was either at time of recording yesterday or today to give what I'm calling the can do's and can don'ts I think that works that works no can can do's and can nots maybe or I don't know I'm sure I'm sure A that everyone has used that pun already and B Tom (laughs) will come up with something far better there's a reason that we're recording in Clapham today and he's sat on the beach with Can with Quentin Tarantino and and, Mm. and et al I think is is all I'll say Can there's a lot going on there at the moment the Rocket Man came out yes and I tell you now I was expecting that to be Bohemian Rhapsody Part 2 but all of the reviews so far say that Dexter Fletcher Taron Egerton um, and, and, and everyone Bohemian else. Bohemian Rhapsody, it ain't. It ain't, what, yeah. That's what I'm hearing. Yeah. Um, thank Christ. And, it, and it's, <laughs> it's supposed to be very, very good. And I'm a huge Elton John fan. I've seen this guy like five or six times live. I'm already counting down to the to the poorly named autobiography, which is called Me. I think there's a lot better that he could have done than that. That's been kicked out, I imagine. Um, and uh, and, and he's, he, Elton's actually in the middle of his farewell uh, tour, isn't he? The, 
the Goodbye Yellow Brick, to- uh, Yellow Brick Road tour. Yep. So Rocket Man seems like it will actually be a story, the story that it should have been rather than the story it could have been, yeah, which I'm, I'm really pleased excited. about. Nice to see actually Dexter Fletcher sort of get the kudos he deserves. Yeah. He, he was sort of drafted in, uh, ironically enough, to... to to finish off and polish up. Well, he did an incredible. He did an incredible uh, expose recently with the Hollywood Reporter of how much he actually was involved. And if you haven't read that, I mean, I, I wouldn't call Hollywood Reporter a rival of One Room with a View, <laughs> but it's, I would. Yeah, very much. <laughs> absolutely, very they're much the people I'm gunning for. <laughs> but yeah, uh, but do go and read that because it's incredible. And I'm so pleased because, as I said, a big Elton John fan, um, and I, I'm looking forward to that as well. And of course. Tarantino, there's always an event that will be being premiered there mm-hmm. very, very shortly. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. Before we finish up, Dan, I know yes. housekeeping is like a general thing. Before we do, I've got to ask you this. Yep. So news broke yesterday morning about the new Batman. That, yes, it did. And you know I'm a mad Batman fan. Batman I, and Elton. I had no idea. And Springsteen. <laughs> these are my... These are my uh, the holy, holy the trinity. trinity. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, so as it stands at the moment, at time of recording... I'm going to wear a quick grievance, which is that film news seems to kind of run things that haven't actually happened. So yesterday it was announced via Variety, who I am gunning for. Okay, Hollywood Report, you're fine, but Variety, I want your clicks. uh, That they've said Robert Pattinson is now Batman. But it's now transpired that actually he's at the top of the list, which include Nicholas Holt as well. But Mm. Variety are now saying, well, no, it's a done deal. It's waiting for announcement. I called this Robert Pattinson thing a few months ago. I think I said it on the podcast. At the very least, I said it on Twitter. But what do you think about this? Because I think it's an incredible choice. I think it'd be very good. Yeah. People who, I think people who are against Robert Pattinson as, as Bruce Wayne and Batman are people who've only seen Twilight. Or, or worse yet, are people who think Twilight is in some way uh, disqualifying mm. as a, as to have on your resume if you want to be Batman. Um Perhaps forgetting what what what, what that the, the Michael Keaton was Beetlejuice before he was Batman and and Ben Affleck was Daredevil before mm. he was Batman. Let's not get you know let's not split hairs. Um, I think people who've actually seen Pattinson's work in in a, in a number of 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 different things and that man has done some interesting films. I his, think everything post Twilight is, is tremendous. His CV is quite something. And how old was he when he did Twilight? Like. 20? Oh, 20? I mean, yeah, this man, he's so much more than Twilight and, and, and Cedric Diggory and Harry Potter. For me, this um, the, the whole discourse about Battinson or whatever they're going to call him now, I think that's what they're going with. I imagine moment, so, yeah. yeah. Uh, the whole discourse for this, for me, has proven how many people actually care and watch peripheral cinema or <laughs> things that aren't mainstream yeah. and people who haven't watched a movie since about 2008. Uh, which is at the height of the twilight power. We can't, you can't level this at this bloke. He's so much more than that. And he's chosen so many incredible things. High Life, which is in cinemas at the moment. Good Time. Um, We spoke about him. We didn't love it, but he did that movie that we reviewed for London Live, uh, Childhood of a Leader. Yeah, Childhood of a Leader, yeah. Yeah, so all of these are incredibly esoteric choices. And And maybe... Maybe I'll get stung saying this now, mm-hmm. but I think that he's a man who's so accomplished and so eclectic in his roles and choices. Plus, he's done the movie star thing. Twilight was a massive phenomenon. It wasn't for us, but nor was it made for us. No. You know, it was a massive phenomenon back in the late 2000s yeah, yeah, yeah. or early 2010s, whatever it was. He doesn't need to take this role. He he's probably very aware of the toxicity around these superhero movies. But it does seem that t- time has proven us. You know, when Heath Ledger was announced, someone did a fabulous screenshot of Reddit when 
the ledger casting like, oh, yeah, back, yeah, back yeah. in 2007 or whenever it was and everyone's ah about this well you're proven wrong there Michael Keaton you said Ben Affleck yeah they're uh, always proven wrong these crybabies and, and, and uh, they're just they're a complete waste of time yeah. I'll go and see what any movie that Batman is going to be in I'm going to I mean I sat through Justice League for crying out loud and Batman and Robin and <laughs> the rest of the, the, the debris but to know that a man who's so accomplished in art house cinema and Matt Reeves is, is on it and making seemingly the movies he wants to and has promised us a new a noir focused detective story yeah. my excitement for this I hope it does go to Robert Pattinson I'd much rather see him do it than Nick Holt and that's no no offence to Nick Holt I, I think he's an excellent actor but I would love to see Robert Pattinson in that role I think it, my excitement is, of, is through yeah, the roof of the two Pattinson's much much more uh, much better um, no I'm very excited and I think he'll be good uh, I always you know I, I'm always one to give them the benefit of the doubt you're, you're honest, Dan. You're benevolent, Dan. Right, okay. <laughs> Email us if you'd like to. Podcast at oneroomwithaview.com. You can follow us on Twitter at oneroomwithaview. It's numerical one. I believe the same handle is said for Instagram for yes. breaking news and the yep. like, Dan. Yep. Little bits and uh, pieces that are on there. Do check out the blog. Can is in full flow, but there's so much more think pieces and reviews going on there. And please subscribe to us and, and, and continue to listen. We'll be back next month. It'll be the, the beginning of the specials, the summer specials next month. Yes. As always. Can't wait. But until then. Cheerio.